The following is a continuation of our series, Onward and Upward, looking at our daily growth through sanctification. We hope you enjoy. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would be with us as we come to your word. Once again, Lord, I do pray that you would uh, just watch over us and help us to glean from your scriptures so that we may grow and be more like you in everything that we do. And I pray this in Christ's holy and wonderful name. Amen. Okay, so welcome back. This week, we're going to continue looking at sanctification, and tonight we're going to dive a little bit more into something that I spoke about when we started this series about how sanctification isn't something that just happens. It's something that happens over a lifetime. It's a process. Okay, So we're going to look at the process of sanctification. And if you think about life, there's typically a process to most things that we do, right? If you think about the things that you enjoy, like you usually don't just pick it up unless you're just incredibly skilled at something. If you think about football, okay, if... All you do is throw up Hail Marys all the time. What's going to happen? You're probably going to throw a lot of interceptions, and you're probably not going to score a lot of touchdowns, right? Now, occasionally, someone might catch it and score a touchdown, but for the most part, that's just not how you win a football game. It's a process. You have to work your way down the field. Any tennis players in here? Anybody play tennis? Okay. Okay, most of tennis is a bit of strategy. Your goal is to try and get yourself into a position where you can get your opponent out of position and then hit the ball over on their side. In music, it typically takes a long time to get a song to where you want it to be. It takes trial and error. It takes practice. It takes applying and learning to create something whole and good. Uh, Educationally, unless you're a genius and you have a photographic memory, most of the time it takes us time to figure things out. There's a process to it. Okay? If your doctors figured out everything they needed to do to be doctors in one class, that's kind of scary, right? <laughs> it takes them time. It takes, it takes knowledge and it takes experience. Now, taking the process out of life might make things easier for us. Sometimes we just kind of want instant results and just say, I, I wish I didn't have to go through the hard work of this thing. I'd rather just kind of get it, right? But if we take the process out, yes, it may make it easier for us, but we can't do that with most of life, and especially when it comes to our walk with God. He doesn't just give us a perfect walk with Him overnight. Have you all ever seen the movie The Matrix? When Neo wants something, what does he do? He plugs that cord in the back of his head and he downloads it, and he knows Kung Fu, right? We don't do that with the Scriptures. We don't do that with our walk with Christ. It's a process. God works in us each and every day. And I want you to see that there's actually a really, really beautiful thing to that. That seeing it as a process and seeing that God just doesn't give it to us right away, that He slowly grows us and slowly molds us over time, there's a great beauty in it. So I'm going to go back to what we started this series with, looking at the Westminster Larger Catechism. Question number 70, which says... What is justification? And justification is an act of God's free grace. And then question number 75 is, what is sanctification? Y'all remember what the answer is? Sanctification is a work of God's grace. And the difference between an act and a work is an act is done one time, right? A work is something that's done continually. And that is what God does through us throughout our life. He justifies us at that one very moment 
saves us from a life of separation from Him, but our sanctification is something that He is purposely doing for you. Okay? Again, there's a great beauty in that. One of my favorite writers, Jerry Bridges, says this, Jesus did not die just to save us from the penalty of our sin, nor even just to make us holy in our own standing before God. He died to purify for himself a people who want to obey him, a people who are eager to be transformed into his likeness. This process of gradually conforming us to the likeness of Christ begins at that very moment of salvation. That's the justification we talked about. And it goes all the way for where the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us and give us new life in Christ. We call this process progressive sanctification or growing in holiness because it's truly a growth process. So our sanctification is something that's expressed over time. So I want us to look at the scriptures tonight, see how that makes sense to us, and apply it to us. So here's our main point for tonight. Step by step, God makes us more like Him through His grace. Step by step, God makes us more like Him through His grace. And I want to look at this under the process of what reconciliation is, because God is reconciling us to himself, and then the process of your personal change, the way that you are changed by God. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 19. We're going to look at the process of reconciliation. I've asked Emma to come read that for me. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting us to the message of reconciliation. Awesome. Thank you. All right, so if we're a new creation, what does that imply? What does it imply if we are a new creation? Yeah, okay, so there's an old creation, right? We're doing away with something old, and we're working towards something new. In verse 17, the old has passed away, behold, the new has come. So when we're justified, we're made into something different than how we were before we knew Christ. What is our state before Christ? Before Christ saves us, what are we? We are destined for... We're destined for eternal separation from God, right? And when God justifies us and saves us, it doesn't mean that we're no longer sinners, right? Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it also doesn't mean that we just instantly know everything, right? All of a sudden we become perfect Christians and we just can glorify God through everything. No, that's not what happens. But being a new creation shows us that we are actually being worked on by the very God that saved us in very intentional ways, to be more like Christ. So this whole idea of sanctification is that when we're justified, at that very moment, God begins this wonderful outpouring of His love and His grace to us. And over time, we get to see little bits and pieces of that revealed to us. Now, sometimes part of that process is hard because it hurts, because we actually have to go through change, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but oftentimes, we see the, the beautiful work of God's grace really transforming us and making us different, okay? Are there things about yourself that you don't like? There's lots of things about myself that I don't like. And lots of ways that I've had struggles in the past that God has actually worked out of me, and I'm different. And that's because of the process of sanctification in my life, and I'm very, very thankful for that. But one of the main reasons why this whole thing is a process is because we are being reconciled to God. Now, 
There is, again, that moment of reconciliation where God declares you righteous and draws you to himself. But the application of that gets stretched out over time. So I want you to think about this. Everybody, think about a time where you actually had to reconcile with somebody. If you don't know what reconcile is, it's essentially to settle something, to restore harmony, to restore peace. If you've ever been at odds with somebody, you've had to engage with them in that. Is it fun? No, it's not, right? Especially if you're the one that's done the hurt, uh, right? Well, what, what was that process like? Like, think about the ways that you've done that in your life. Did it go well? Did it go bad? Was it mediocre? If you did reconcile with somebody, did everything just become perfect and everything went back to normal right after that? Typically not. Like, forgiveness takes time, right? Sometimes when you hurt somebody, it takes them a lot longer to get through the healing process than yourself. Just a couple examples. A married couple, because they're both sinners, will cause hurt to one another. It's because we're human beings, right? Husbands and wives are going to say things to each other, are going to do things to each other that hurt one another. And reconciliation, it's dirty and it's hard because it involves a lot of hard work, a lot of sweat, blood, and tears. It's a process that takes a lot of time and healing. Uh, maybe a friend has gossiped about you. Yeah, you've, you've had the conversation, you've forgiven them, but maybe you don't trust them as much anymore. Maybe you don't share as much information with them because you're, you have a little bit of that fear that they might do that again. Okay? It's a process of rebuilding trust that happens over time. And the truly beautiful thing about our reconciliation with God is that even though we are the ones that have offended, what does God do? He doesn't stiff arm us. He doesn't keep us at arm's length and say, I, I, I just don't trust you right now, so maybe if you come back later, you can be in my presence. He forgives us. He brings us into relationship with Him. And He loves us unconditionally. And this brings us back to our opening comments about the catechism. This justification is an act. Sanctification is a work. Okay? The reconciliation that you have with somebody, it takes work. There's an act of seeking reconciliation, but there's also the process of how that outplays over time. But the best part about God's reconciliation that He's working in us is that he's actively part of every step of it with you. So every struggle you go through, every sin that you wrestle with, every mistake you make, every heartache that you cause or hurt that you cause, God is working in you to draw you away from those things and help you to focus on Christ so that we can be more like him. And seeing our sanctification through that lens of reconciliation, I think is actually very helpful for us to understand how it's something that happens over time. And part of the way that he does that is not only the process of reconciliation, but the process of actually like personally changing you as an individual. So let's take just a few moments and focus on that. Let's turn to Philippians 1.6, and Michael's going to come read that for us. Philippians 1.6, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Okay, so Paul is directly speaking about something that has begun, a work that's been begun in you, and that is our justification, right? That's, he, he saves us, takes us away from a heart that is an enemy of God and makes us friends and allies of God. And that work, again, only needed to be done one time, right? This is why the word justification is a courtroom language where we are declared justified before God. But Paul also speaks about how this work actually needs to be completed, okay? It's not that God was lacking in his saving us, 
but rather that it was part of his whole will and desire for us that that would be revealed over time. So he saves us, but that work isn't complete until the day that we die. And again, the beautiful part about that is that God doesn't just take days off with you. Uh, He doesn't uh, disappear for long periods of time and then he comes back and works on you. No, he's actively part of it every step of the way. And it's a continual process of molding and shaping. And sometimes when God molds and shapes us, it hurts. It doesn't feel good. We go through heartache. We go through pain. Uh, because he's working out the bad in us, working out the sin, uh, and making us more like him. And again, the wonderful thing about that is that he cares so much that he's going to take time to do that for you. And I hope you find that very encouraging, because sometimes we feel like God is just distant and he, he's not close to us. But God is always drawing close to us, even when we don't feel like he's near. He's intentionally working to do his work inside of you. And he wants to complete that. Like it's his joy to complete that. So let's just a page over to Philippians chapter 2. And Christopher is going to come and read Philippians two twelve to 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, we spent time discussing the dangers of legalism, and we talked about this verse. Uh, Legalism is using things that we do in order to find right relationship with God. Uh, Oftentimes those are good things, right? Like I go to church, or I prayed so many times, or I helped the poor, or whatever it may be. Using those things as a means to define your standing with God, but our faith and the gift of faith that he gives to us is the only thing that really gives us that identity. So we know that legalism is a danger, but again, it it sounds like Paul's telling us to figure it out on our own, but that's not what he's saying. Paul's telling us to work, but we need to look at the big picture of what Paul's talking about here. Okay, When Paul uses the word salvation here, he's actually looking at it in the most broadest of terms. It's the salvation that starts when God saves you. It's actually what brings you all the way, right? He has such a bigger picture, okay? He's thinking of the total picture of our salvation from conversion all the way to glorification. One pastor, Dr. Derek Thomas, who's got a really cool accent. I wish I could say it as cool as he does. But he says, this is the type of salvation that crosses us over the finish line. When he talks about the salvation here that we're working it out with fear and trembling, we're not trying to gain favor with God. We're seeing God's work in us, that very work that he talked about in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. It's that same work that he's working and molding and shaping. Okay? In verse 13, For it is God who works in you, both to will and work for his good pleasure. And it's God's work inside of us that makes us more like Christ, meaning, meaning that it has nothing to do with the things that we do. It has everything to do with what he's doing each and every day. Okay? It has everything to do with him reshaping our minds. Okay? And this happens at a very personal level for you as an individual. There are things that you struggle with that God is going to keep working on. We constantly need to be praying that God would keep doing that. We constantly need to be asking him to reveal our blind spots, reveal the areas that we struggle so that he can keep that work going. So it means that we need to have a long view of sanctification. Do we have anybody that plays golf? William, I know you golf. Okay. Do you hit holes in one every time? No. Okay. It would be awesome if you did, but you can't, right? 
Golf is a long game. You have to take the long approach. You have to take it shot by shot, and it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money that I don't have to get good at. <laughs> but you can't just expect to go up and hit a hole in one every time, especially when you get to like the par fives, right? It's just not possible, okay? So taking the long view is so helpful for us. Uh, I want you to think about how you were five years ago, okay? Maybe you don't remember how you were five years ago. But hopefully, as you take stock of your life and look back upon your life like five, six, seven, eight years ago, hopefully you actually see that you're a different person, okay? I'm a way different person than I was 15 years ago, 20 years ago, okay? And thank God, because I was not a very fun person to hang out with. I was kind of a jerk, okay? But God has taken the time to slowly and painfully draw me away from my own sin so that I can be more Christ-like. Now, I've got a lot of work to go. Okay? God still has a ton of work to do in me. But I get to see God inviting me into that process, and he actually invites you into that process as well. Let's end with this. Does anybody love spoiler alerts? Like, you just cannot stand waiting till the end, so you just want to know what happens? There's a few, okay? My wife's that way, so I can't watch TV shows with her because she just watches the last episode, and then she goes back and watches. It's so frustrating. She hates the suspense. She likes to know what happens. Uh, now, Most of us, I would say most of us, don't like the spoiler alerts. We don't like people blurting out what happens at the end, right? Because why? We want to be part of the process. We want to be part of the excitement as a storyline unfolds. It's exciting to be along for the ride as you kind of piece together the storylines, the characters and the plots. And if we go into something unknown and then all of a sudden we know the ending, then all of a sudden the excitement gets kind of sucked out of the room, right? We don't look forward to that last episode if we know what's going to happen. God works with us. We do know what's going to happen, but God, God invites us into taking part of every step along the way. You get to be part of that story. You get to be part of that work that he's doing. Okay? And again, this is no one-time event. It's a lifelong process. As much as we want to be fully sanctified right in this moment, God doesn't want that. He wants to invite you in. He wants to show you each and every day how much He loves you, how much He cares for you, and how much He wants you to lean into Him as He is working in you. And there's, there's such a beautiful thing to that, that God is at work in us step by step. So, until we actually are with Jesus, okay, there's going to be a day that that work is complete. Until then, we need to actually enjoy that process. There's a great joy that we can have in seeing what God is doing every day. So let's be reminded of that tonight as we go to our small groups. Let's be reminded of the beauty and the joy that we can have in looking at how God is at work in us. So let me pray for us, and then we'll go to small groups. Heavenly Father, again, we love you so much, and we just ask that you would be with us as we enter into conversation and discussion about this particular topic, Lord. We ask that you would help us to not seek instant gratification or instant satisfaction Uh, but rather take the long approach and and to take the long view and knowing that uh, you are constantly working on our hearts, Lord. And we thank you for that. Let's pray that you do that for each one of these students. I pray that for myself and all the leaders here. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. We hope this has been helpful for you. Please keep an eye out for more audio upcoming from WYM. 